Amen. Good morning, church. How we doing? Man, the faithful who come between Christmas and New Year's, you are here. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah, hey, give yourself a round of applause. That's great. Uh, for those of you who are new with us, my name is Peter. I'm the senior pastor here at, uh, at First Baptist Hanford, and you, uh, you picked a great time. If you're new with us, you picked a great time to start coming. Like Pastor Jeff uh, talked about and Kyle talked about, next week we're launching into what we're calling Vision Month at FB Hanford. Um, and, uh, and for some of us, this is exciting. For, for others of us, this is a little bit scary. For a lot of us, it's a mix of the two, and that's okay. I'm in that camp as well. This is exciting and scary for me, guys. Um, but... Uh, but Myself, as well as our staff, have been working incredibly hard to try to make sure that we're doing our best to discern God's will in the direction for our church. And so uh, even when I was uh, uh, walking through the process with the pulpit committee to, to become the senior pastor here, one of the things that I said was is that uh, I, will, I will do my best to change as little as possible for the first six months while I'm here. And uh, I took a page out of Nehemiah's book and Nehemiah, when he goes back and this, this is extracurricular stuff where it isn't even the message yet. But when Nehemiah, he goes back to rebuild, uh, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and uh, he doesn't walk in with a hammer and just start building. What Nehemiah does is he goes back and he observes the walls and then he puts a plan together and he prays and he talks to the Lord about it. And I said, you know what? That's what we're going to be doing. For the first five, six months that I've been here, that's what I've been doing. I've been observing walls. I've been uh, literally observing some walls. Um, and uh, beyond that, we've been just looking at the state of the church and where we are. And I didn't want to come in with a, with a hatchet and a sledgehammer and just cut the knees out of uh, successful ministry. That's not the, the intention of, of movement. That's not the intention of change. The intention of change is how we can be better as a church, how we can be more powerful as a church, how we can affect more change as a church in the midst of our community. And so uh, starting next week and for the entire month of January, we're going to be rolling out, uh, rolling out our vision. And so we really, really help you help, hope that you join us. Um, if you have to miss a weekend, don't miss next weekend, okay? Next weekend is the weekend that you want to be here. Uh, the other three, if you have other things that you have committed or you have to go do something in January, pick one of the other three weeks, but next weekend is, uh, is the weekend that you really, really want to be here. So put it on your calendar, wake your spouse up in the morning, whatever it may be, but be here next weekend for that. So other than that, I'm going to start over. Good morning, church. How we doing? Good. All right. Good. Uh, I hope you all had a great Christmas. Yeah. Good Christmas, everybody. Some of you are still in that kind of post Christmas lull. I get that. Um, I've gone to about seven Christmas parties. Um, the most recent one being last night. And I was just like, I can't anymore. I am so done with Christmas parties. And so, uh, so that was our last one, thankfully. And we get to settle into as normal as we can settle into with having five boys at home on break from school, which isn't very normal at all. Um, teachers, God bless you. Um, I am so excited to send them back into your care. Um, but, uh, but we had a great Christmas Eve service. I hope you got an opportunity to come be a part of it. Um, Kyle and his team and all the volunteers that put that thing on just did a bang-up job of, uh, of making sure that we were honoring the Savior as we, as we uh, moved into uh, Christmas that day. And so we're incredibly excited about that. And so this weekend, what I want to do is talk a little bit about leading ourselves well. 
Because as we go into 2019, usually what I would like to do is, is, is as the new year starts and that sort of thing, I would like to talk about how not only our church needs to, needs to lead well in the community, but how we as individuals need to lead well also. And so we're not going to get the opportunity to do that this January. We're going to talk about our church quite a bit. But individually, I'm going to give you just a snapshot of talking about leading ourselves well going into 2019. Because let's be real, we all have New Year's resolutions that we'll remember tomorrow night. And, and most of them are going to be resolutions from the previous year and the year before that and the year before that. Right? One of my favorite things that I've seen is I wanted to lose 15 pounds in 2018 and I've only got 20 to go. Right? <laughs> Yeah, heard a round of applause for that. I don't know if we should cheer for that. Um, but, but, but really, the new year signals a turning of the page. It signals for a lot of us in our minds that, hey, man, this is a fresh start. 2019, here we go. This is going to be the year of Peter. This is going to be phenomenal. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to read my Bible harder. I'm going to actually lift a weight this year. I'm going to eat better. Like I'm going to do all of the, and we all have these thoughts, right? But oftentimes what, what we leave behind us is, is the thought about where is our spiritual health? Where are we growing spiritually? And so as we lead into the new year, specifically into tomorrow night and the following day, is, is I want to talk a little bit about spiritual growth. And you're going to get, like I said, just a, a snapshot of it. And it's going to feel a little bit like a, like a fire hose. Um, but we're just going to get into it because I don't get a chance to do that this January. And so... Um, one of the things, like I said, we're going to talk about is pursuing growth. And pursuing growth is, is really one of the ways that we can have a, uh, have a great life. It's one of the ways that we can, we can live it up. And here's one thing I know is that wherever you are on your spiritual journey, whether you're just now coming for the very first time, whether you've never thought about God before, whether you're totally sold out in your Christian faith, all of us are going to experience growth in our lives. There's not a single one of us in here that has it all down. There's not a single guru in this place. Even though I get to be on stage, not a guru. I am completely and totally okay recognizing there's a ton of growth that can, needs to continue to happen in my life. And if you come with that attitude, you come with an attitude of, I don't know it all. Maybe there's some wisdom I don't know yet. I think you'll enjoy what we're going to talk about today. And it's the idea of pursuing growth. One of the humbling things about my job is, um, is people come and ask me a lot, of, a lot of tough questions a lot of times. They don't come and ask me like, you know, the questions like, uh, so Adam and Eve were in the garden and one of them ate some fruit. Was the fruit an apple? Like those aren't the questions I get because those are questions that are oftentimes in jokes. No, it wasn't an apple. It just says a fruit, whatever, right? I get really hard questions lobbed my way, and Jeff gets hard questions lobbed his way. And I don't know if Kyle has yet, but if you have a hard question, uh, Kyle's email address is kyle at fbhanford.org. He'd be happy to answer those for you. But some of those, some of those tough questions really are uh, um, things, like, things like, does a baby who dies in the womb go to heaven? Where largely, Scripture's pretty quiet about that. But does a baby who dies in the womb go to heaven? If God knows everything, how is it that we actually have the ability to choose God, right? Sometimes that, that debate is, is predestination versus free will. And a lot of us, especially those of us who love to have control, right, me, 
I'm like, I don't know if I'm okay with some of the stuff that the Bible says about this. So these, these are some hard questions that I get. How do you know the Bible is inerrant? How do you know that the Bible is completely and totally true? Or my favorite one, tell me about end times. Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Kyle at fbhamford.org. But all of these questions, they're tough. And, and, and they make my job pretty humbling that people would seek me out and ask me those questions. But one of the nice things about my job and my confidence with where God has placed me in this place is that, that I'm okay saying, that's a great question. I don't know the answer. Let's figure it out together. And with that, I get to, I get to have and encounter those challenges and pursue growth. So as we talk about pursuing growth today, just know that, that I, am, I am with you. I am going to continue to pursue growth. Because there, there are many of us in here who have been in church a long time and others who are newer to faith. But whether, wherever you are in that spectrum, I want you to realize there are always opportunity to grow spiritually. Spiritual growth isn't like height. It's not like you get to some of us six foot, others of us not quite as tall, and that's okay. We still love you. We look down on you, but we love you. (laughs) But spiritual growth isn't like height. It's not like you reach a point and you're like, all right, I've arrived. And then all you can look forward to from that point forward is shrinking, right? That's not, that, that's not spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, as hard as it is for us to say, is a lot more like weight. The more that you put in your body, the heavier you become. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's science. And a lot of us can attest to that coming off the Christmas season, right? You're like, man, I have had some serious spiritual growth this Christmas season. You never fully arrive. So we're going to be talking about a few truths about what it means to pursue growth. So your first fill in the blank this morning is going to be that growth is healthy. Growth is healthy. It's healthy to grow. It's a, mirror, it's a measure of health that something is growing. If something's growing, it's healthy. If you were to come to my house and walk into my backyard, now, not right now, uh, because it's winter time and, and all of our rose bushes have gone dormant. But when we purchased our house, um, and some of you have been there, when we purchased our house, one of the selling points for us was all of these rose bushes. We probably have like 15, 16 rose bushes. It's been my wife's dream to just have roses, right? I'm like, that's a terrible thing to have five boys run around and play around, but whatever, they'll learn their lesson really quickly. But we have roses everywhere. And so when we first got in, it was summertime and they're starting to bloom and then it turned to fall. And man, my wife was just digging in and figuring out what it looked like to take care of roses. And some of them were diseased. And so, you know, she dug out from around the bottom and she did all these like scientific things when I got home and, and bud after flower after bud after flower popping up on these rose bushes. These rose bushes went from kind of not very beautiful rose bushes to incredible, gorgeous rose bushes because they were healthy. And healthy things grow. They kept growing. It's a measure of health. If something grows, it's healthy. If something doesn't grow, it's not healthy. Jesus wants us to grow for one reason. He wants us to be healthy so you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, as it says in John chapter 8. 
God wants you to be free. He wants to set you free on this planet, this playground that we get to inhabit called earth. He doesn't want us to be trapped by the thing that the world offers. He doesn't want us to be trapped by behaviors or hangups or sinful situations. God wants us to be free. So if we decide to be healthy, to grow, then freedom is one of the things that we get to look forward to. And we get to look forward to it because the second thing is growth is enjoyable. Growth is enjoyable. Growth is fun. The results of growing uh, uh, have, have great results. It's a good thing. I know that, that in high school, uh, I grew about seven inches in about a year span. Okay. And so I went from being five foot four to five foot 11. And I'm now just north of six foot. I claim it for all of you who are five eleven and a half, like I probably am. You know what I'm talking about. We round up. But I grew like seven inches in like the course of a year. And there were times, man, my knees hurt. Like I had to switch sports. I couldn't play soccer anymore. At least that's what I say. I was just really bad at soccer actually. But I couldn't play soccer anymore because it hurt to run. Right. And so I got into water polo. And so being, you know, being able to play water polo and it's not as, as rough on the knees, especially as you're growing and that sort of thing. And so, but I grew and there were times, man, when I was just, it just hurt. I was in pain because you, uh, cause I was growing so quickly. Maybe some of you can relate to that, right? Where all of a sudden you shot up real quick. Uh, my boys on a regular basis come in and dad, my legs hurt. I'm like, yeah, bud, congrats. That means you're getting taller. And then they come in like five minutes later and they're like, dad, am I taller? Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> but I mean, it was fun. It was, it was enjoyable. And that's what, that, that's what it is spiritually as well. If we say that, that this, this spiritual thing following Christ, what we have decided to do and put our faith in Christ, if we say this is going to be important to us, we're going to have things that are fun, things that are enjoyable. Jeremiah tell, says this about growing. He says it about growth. He says, your words are what sustain me. They're food to my hungry soul. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and delight me. How proud I am to bear your name, O Lord. The growth that comes from God is sustaining the growth that comes from God brings joy. It brings delight. And that's what God wants for our lives. It's not always easy to grow. In fact, some of the situations that you'll encounter in your life that produce growth, those might be some of the most difficult situations you'll ever face. As a matter of fact, oftentimes they are. I think back to one of the most difficult periods of growth, and I've shared this here before, is when my dad was battling cancer ultimately and passed away. Man, I grew like a weed spiritually that summer and just feasting on God and feasting on his word and trying to figure out what it means for me to follow God, even when times are difficult. How does that look like? What does that look like? And there's growth there. We go through tragedy, we go through disaster, and those things aren't fun in themselves, but they produce something that is fun. And I was, I was thinking about something that, that I could kind of, kind of describe that a way I could describe that to you. So, so picture in your mind, the idea of climbing a mountain. Now, some of you have checked out. You're like, Nope, never going to do it. Don't want to do it. Have zero desire to climb a mountain. Thank you very much. Okay. I get it. But think about that, that idea of climbing 
a mountain. Maybe some of you have gone hiking, you've gone to Yosemite, and maybe for some of you, hiking is just walking up that nice paved path to Bridal Veil Falls. Great. We'll call that a hike, all that stuff. But, but, but climbing a mountain, you get all the gear, you have all the, the glacier climbing stuff. Me and my buddy Caleb, uh, before I proposed to my wife, we went on a backpacking trip into the backcountry, and we hiked to the third highest peak in Yosemite. It's a mountain called Mount Kness, and it's massive. It's really, really tall. I forgot how tall it is, but we're just going to say it's really, really tall. It's over 11,000 feet. Um, it's above the tree line, and it's gorgeous. And so when we got to Yosemite, we're looking up, and we're like, okay, that's, that's a big, that's a real tall mountain that we're going to tackle. And so, but we get all the stuff, we backpack in, we're in the backcountry, we acclimate for two days so we don't kill ourselves as we're trying to summit, right? And, uh, and we got all this stuff and we're halfway there and I got my ice pick and I'm, you know, trudging up in sneakers and I'm like, okay, we can do this, we can do this. And then like halfway up, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm done. I'm stopped. Like saying I got to the top of Mount Kness really isn't the most important thing for me in my life. Okay. I'm good. Caleb, you'll be the only one who knows that I didn't summon it. Right. And Caleb's right there. He's like, no, nah, man, we can do it. Come on. Let's take a break. Let's take a breather. And then we'll get up and then we'll go. And when I got to the top, when I got to the top of Mount Kness and looked back, look at where, looked at where I had been. And even beyond that, Look back into Tuolumne, where we had first started. We car camped there, and we first started up from there. When we looked back, and I just thought to myself, man, this is God's glory. There are so few people who get the opportunity to look at this majesty that he has created from this vantage point because it is so far out of reach. But because I did the difficult thing, because I walked through something hard, something that, that really halfway up was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But because I did that, because I, I, I faced difficulty and worked past it, I got the opportunity to see God's glory in a whole new way. That This is incredible. Was it hard? Yes, it was hard, but it was good. Or thinking about it another way, uh, some of you may have grown up playing sports. Some of you may still wish you were playing sports and play on our, our slow-pitch softball team to relive the glory days. Amen. Um, but, but you think about it and, and you practice every single day and you go to practice and you work out and it's hard and it's difficult. And every single day, then you have a game and you have, you have conditioning and you have to lift weights and you practice. And for some sports, they have what's called hell week where it's like for water polo, we weren't allowed to touch a water polo ball for an entire week. And you just swim the whole time. I'm like that's not water polo, that's swimming. Anyway, I'm a little upset about that, but but it's difficult and you go through the motions, you walk through it and it's difficult. But then you walk through your season and you have a successful record. You make it into the playoffs. You win, you win, you win. You get to that championship game. You end up winning that championship game. And then you look back and you think to yourself, this was all worth it. It was difficult. I had to wake up early. I had to go to practices every single day. It consumed my entire life. But regardless of how hard it was, looking back from where I am now, it was worth it. And that's what we're talking about, this idea of growth and why growth is enjoyable. While it can be difficult when you get to a place to be able to look back and say, where have I been? Where have I gone and where I am now? That is a fun vantage point. Third thing, growth is enjoyable. Is it worth it? Yes, it is. Third thing, though, is growth is God's design. Growth is God's design. It's a good design. God is the one who created life. He knows how it works best. It's God's plan that things start small and then 
grow. It's God's plan that something starts as a seed and then ends up like an oak tree. If it's God's plan that, that babies come out small and then they grow, it would be really gross if they came out big. Just saying, but God has a plan. He knows that, that what this is all about, God has a good plan and growth is God's design. He also knows where we grow best. John 15, Jesus talks about where you and I would grow best spiritually. It says this, it says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you and I decide, yes, I want to do this, and we decide that we are going to remain in him, if we remain in God, then we will grow. And we'll grow in such a way that our life will produce benefits. Other people will look at our lives and go, wow, there is something going on there. There is something different about that person. There's something going on in their life. I can see the results of growth. It's what the Bible calls fruit. We will impact our world because we are growing where the growing is good. We are remaining in God. But as we start, I want to talk about a, a couple of truths. That growth is healthy, growth is enjoyable, and it is God's design. But if that's the case, how come everyone doesn't grow? How come growth isn't universal? How come there are a lot of people that seem to just be like this? Some things inhibit healthy growth. Think back to the time in your life when, when you were tiny, right? Or maybe think back to when you had tiny kids. When they were so, so small, they didn't even have enough muscles to keep their neck up, right? And you hand the baby off to someone that you don't fully trust with the baby. And the first thing they say is, watch the head, right? Watch the head. Because we, we're just not developed enough. We haven't grown strong enough to be able to even lift up our own heads. And at that point in your life... As parents, we have a choice. They could do things to help you grow. We could do things to help our kids grow, or we could do things to hurt growth. Those are the two options. One of the things that, uh, that, that parents could do is this. They could have said, we're going to give our kid everything. We're going to give them a crib to sleep in. We're going to give him all the best clothes from Baby Gap and buy him Air Jordan shoes. What's the point of putting shoes on a baby that can't walk anyway? And ultimately, you just wasted $60, but that's for another day. You're going to buy a car seat. We're going to buy a little swing and all this stuff. But the one thing that we're not going to do for our kid, we're just, we're, uh, we have chosen not to feed him. Right? And it's absurd to think that. It's absurd to think that I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to take, make, care, take, make sure that my kid is well taken care of, but we're not going to feed our kid. We're going to give our kid everything in the world, just not the thing they need the most. And that's pretty ridiculous. And I, and I hope that didn't happen to any of us in the room, but, but there are people in here that are doing that to themselves spiritually. Starvation. Some of us are starving ourselves spiritually. We're filling our lives with a million different things, just not the thing that we need the most. And I know so many of us have full lives, lives that are full of work, lives that are full of family, lives that are full of activities, lives that are full of hobbies and relationships. They're full. But you're not getting what you need to grow. 
We're starving ourselves spiritually. We have no God time. We have no time exploring the truth that God gives us for life that's found in Scripture. We have no time for meeting with a group of friends for what we call accountability and study. It's just you and people who totally love you getting together and being real with one another. We're spiritually starving ourselves to death. And then we wonder why when we lay at home at bed at night and you're just quiet, why it feels so empty or you're so exhausted and you're having a hard time even deciding to get up and do what you have to do the next day. And it's because we haven't fed our soul anything. We see this another way too. Um, I, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I would take students to, uh, to Mexico every year. We'd go to Tijuana. We partner with a great organization called Mexico Caravan Ministries. Um, and, uh, and largely we built homes for different families in the community and that sort of thing. And we would take students and every year without fail, I could have guaranteed it. Wednesday night, everybody's exhausted. There's a missionary speaker who comes in who had been in missions for his whole life. And he talks about his story and talks about all the incredible things that he was able to do overseas. And, and then he says, you know, hey, if you feel like that you are headed into missions, I just want you to stay after with your youth pastor. They'll be here. They'll pray with you, all this stuff. And without fail, I'd have five, six, seven kids stay back, weeping. Say, I feel like this is God's call in my life and they are excited. I'm praying with them and I'm pumped for them. I'm saying, hey, here's some resources to get you plugged in with and all that stuff. And, and they come home and their lives, their lives for, they're changed for a solid three weeks. And then ultimately there's a cooling period that continues to happen. But regardless of that, while they're there, they just feel so alive. They feel God's call on their life. They feel his voice. They feel just being spiritually fed. Because largely what happens is they've been starving themselves for so long. It tends to be the first bit of spiritual food they've had in a year. And of course, it's going to seem like it's, it's totally different. Because for some of us, we haven't fed ourselves anything in years. And spiritual starvation is the first problem. It's the first inhibitor of growth. And some of us aren't starving ourselves. We're corrupting our spirits. Corruption is the key word there. You're not giving yourself any food spiritually. You're just giving yourself bad food. There are a few things we can do to our lives spiritually. There are a few ways we can feed ourselves that hurt us, that poison ourselves. Sexual involvement outside of God's plan. That's one of the ways that it poisons our spirit. Church, we got an issue we got an issue with sexual immorality. And statistics say that two-thirds of us who are sitting in this room are still struggling with it. Church, we got an issue. Sexual involvement outside of God's plan is one of the ways that we poisons our spirits. It hurts us. It doesn't help us. It helps us not grow. Another thing that hurts us as well is substance abuse, drugs, alcohol. We take that and it just doesn't just hurt our bodies. It doesn't just poison our minds. It hurts our spirits. You know, as a youth pastor, people would come back from college and I'd, you know, talk to them, what church are you plugged into? How are you doing? That sort of thing. And I actually just texted one of my students the other day because I had found out that he was doing the party scene and all that stuff. He's like, man, not good. I just feel like I'm not connected to God. I'm like, you're not going to find him on Friday night at that party you were at, bro. Just poisoning ourselves. 
People get so clouded up with chemicals and substance. It's not just your brain that's infected. It's not just your body. It's your spirit as well. God doesn't want you to put things into yourself that will poison you spiritually. And another one is a little thing that we like to call pride. You and I can have pride in our life, and this can be one of the most poisonous things in our bodies. It's that little voice that says, I don't need any of this. I don't need God. I don't need God's truth. I don't need anybody to tell me how to live my life. I am fine just the way I am. That's toxin. That will keep us from growing spiritually. I don't say all this to point a finger and make people feel bad or anything like that. That's not my job. I just want to let you know that this isn't new. That God has known these two inhibitors will keep you from growing. No food and bad food. And he wrote about it. In the Bible, it says in Hebrews 5, you've been Christians for a long time now. You ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the things a beginner must learn about the scriptures. You're like babies who drink only milk and cannot eat solid food. A person who's living on milk isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about, doesn't know much about doing what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who have trained themselves to recognize the difference between right and wrong and then do what is right. Those three words are basically what I'm talking about when it comes to pursuing growth. This is the essence right here. Train yourself to recognize what is right and then do it. Train yourself to do what is right and then do it. Simple. If we don't, we continue to give ourselves bad food. If we continue to starve ourselves and give us no food spiritually, then we're just like little babies who keep coming back for milk. It's a ridiculous picture. It doesn't make any sense. It's a silly picture of a grown person acting like an infant. And that's what the Bible says. God says you starve yourself and give yourself no food or you poison yourself and give yourself bad food. It's good. That's what you're going to be like. An infant. Don't be an infant. Don't go for no food. Don't go for bad food. Instead, God says in this passage, let me feed you solid food. Let me see you grow in your faith. You will be an adult and you will be mature and you will know what is right and you will recognize it and you will do it. That's some big picture truths about what growth is all about. There's good news though. If you're starving yourself spiritually, God wants to feed you. If you're poisoning yourself spiritually, God wants to cleanse you. And it requires a couple steps on our part. And so how do we unlock the doors of spiritual growth? And so as you're putting together your New Year's resolutions, think about these things. The first one is decide that growth is a priority. Decide that growth is a priority. Growth needs to become a priority in your life. The verse in Hebrews 12, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. It's not fun. For those of you who are planning on getting back into shape this January... Man, we know that that is not easy jumping back into. But I know that if, if we keep at it, we're going to see some results. If we keep doing the things we said we're going to do, we'll see some results. We'll see some benefits in your life. You'll feel better about yourself. Dudes, you'll walk into the kitchen and like do one of those and just be like, touch that. Touch that right there, right? You guys know. I saw a husband look over to his wife just now. You'll feel better about it spiritually. There's a ton of similarity here. 
I know if you decide to make growth a priority, it's going to be difficult to jump into it. The Bible tells us that no discipline seems pleasant at the time. It's going to be tough. But if you make it a priority and stick with it, you'll see some benefits. The Bible also says there will be a harvest. And what's the harvest they're talking about? The harvest is talking about this idea of, of righteousness. That you'll be able to stand right before God. There'll be peace. That's the peace that spills out into your life when you're able to stand right before God. And there's some great results there. Another result is when the enemy takes shots at you, when the enemy tempts you and tries to pull you down, you're going to be spiritually powerful. You're going to be able to defend yourself. Make growth a priority. That's the first step of moving towards spiritual growth. The next one is discover the people and the programs that will help you grow. One of the big pieces that we're going to be talking about next week, as a matter of fact, it really is this. It's saying, hey, look, church, we've had some really successful programs for a really long time. And there's a ton of people in this church that have enabled you to grow and to move forward and to move towards the idea of holiness, this idea of sanctification. And ultimately, there's some ways here that we need, to, we need to stop doing some things and we need to start doing some things. So the generation that is behind you, the generation that gets the opportunity to stand on the shoulders of those spiritual giants who have come before us, that we get the opportunity for those programs and for that growth as well. And that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit next week. But Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And I want to encourage you to do what this verse says. Realize that you are surrounded, that there is a crowd of people around you that are witnesses to the same faith that you would confess to. You step across that line. Decide that you're all in. That's my encouragement to you. Find the people and find the program that is going to work for spiritual growth for you. One of the the programs that we offer on a regular basis are classes in our small groups. It's a great place to jump in. It's a great place to realize that there are other people at my stage of life dealing with the same issues that I'm dealing with on a regular basis who are trying to do life in such a way that is going to honor God. And so I know in my life there are days where I fail miserably as a dad and I can go to somebody else who happens to be a dad or someone who has gone before me who, is, who has raised kids, successfully raised kids. And by successfully, I mean they're just out of the house and they don't have to raise them anymore. I'm just kidding. But successfully raise kids and say, hey, man, I am dealing with this. I got, I got a preteen who's just dealing with angsty issues right now. How do I deal with that? What do I do? And they say, man, you know what? This is what I did. But man, the bottom line is, is you got to stay connected to God. Because if this isn't all God thing, then, then you're going to fail as a parent. It has to start there. And so just people at my same stage of life who have gone through or are going through the same things that I have gone through and want to figure out how to pursue God in the same way, pursue God in such a way that's going to to honor him is a great thing. And not everyone you meet at church is going to be a spiritual giant. I don't have to tell you all that. Not everyone you meet here is going to be a spiritual giant, but the truth is that most of the people here are taking our faith a little bit more seriously. We're doing our best to try to move forward. Most of us are wanting to to pursue spiritual growth, and I would challenge you to go and get plugged in. If you aren't plugged in somewhere already, go and get plugged in. I know that many of you haven't tried a class or a small group before. Why not give it a shot? Try it. 
I'll give you your money back. They're free. But what would you have to lose by checking it out? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Man, I got a buddy in my life named Caleb who I've been doing life with for the better part of 20 years now. He's been my best friend since freshman year of high school. We got mad at each other. I got mad at him because he was cheating on his swim sets and water polo. That was our first interaction is me yelling at him. And then after that, we were best friends. Uh, And every time we talk, every time we email back and forth or text, I feel challenged to take the next couple steps in faith. And I know it's a reality because it happens to me through my friend, Caleb, that spiritual growth comes from him. And I, I know you may be intimidated to go to some of these things, but the people that you will meet will allow you to, to be spurred forward. They will challenge you in ways you didn't know you needed to be challenged and they will spur you forward. And I know it's a weird thing to just show up, not knowing anyone. Trust me. I did that six months ago when I started here but it's completely and totally worth the time and the effort put forth in order to grow. I want to challenge you to check it out. The third thing, develop some personal growth habits. And this is one step beyond attending a program. It's you on your own, having a habit that helps you grow. In Psalm 51, six, the Bible says this, (coughs) excuse me. It's not what the Bible says. It says this, Surely you desire truth in in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. The only way for us to get truth in our inner parts is to make this personal. It's for you to take ownership of your spiritual life and develop some habits that will help you no matter what, no matter where you are. I believe that every growing Christian needs to develop growth habits that aren't dependent on a church program and aren't dependent on other people. You say, I'm making this a priority in my life. I'm going to go for it. The first habit then is that you need to spend time, spend time with God. Read your Bible and spend time talking with him. The next one is accountability. That's where people get together. We talked about a little, little bit already. They love each other. They're real together. They pray for one another. Another one is Bible memorization. I'm terrible at this. Anybody else terrible at Bible memorization? How about just memorization? How about just name memorization? Yeah, I could name a guy. But it's a real simple concept, but it's incredibly difficult for us, right? And you say, well, then do I come to church and tell you the Bible memory verse and then I get like a treat or a gold star? No, you don't get that anymore. Sorry, you're not 12, eight, I don't know. You're not memorizing these verses for me or for the church. You're memorizing them for a, you're not memorizing them for a star or a reward. You're memorizing these truths for you. You're developing a personal growth habit by memorizing scripture. Other things are involved in the church body. There's things like a tithing commitment. And Jeff talked a little bit about year in giving earlier, but committing to the church by tithing, studying the word, not just reading it, but actually studying it. All of these habits are important. They're available for you. We want you to grow. I want to tell you that if you develop these personal growth habits that I'm confident in 2019, you will grow. I have no fear for you in your life that spiritually you're going to tank yourself. It's not going to happen. People come up to me and ask me all the time, man, I just feel like I'm stuck. I just feel like I'm stuck. Okay, well, let's look at some ways for you to get unstuck. 
And oftentimes when we just look at, and I can ask questions about, okay, tell me about your quiet time. Tell me about how often you spend time with God and they're quiet. I'm like, you might want to start there. If you feel stuck, start there. But we could go anywhere. If you have these personal growth habits, I know spiritually that you're going to be fine. Fourth one, determine to grow for the long haul. Have a picture in your life that is a long perspective. The spiritual journey isn't a hundred yard dash. It's a marathon. And we want you to stick with it to the end. Philippians 1 6 says, I'm sure that God who began the good work in all of you will continue his work until it's finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. Man, I am a work in progress. You are a work in progress. And God is the one who has started this work in us. He's the one who is going to finish this work in us. So let God do his work. Let God do his work. You and I can just do the possible. We can build these things into our lives. We can do these, these couple things that I mentioned. But God is the, going to be the one who is going to then use you to do the impossible. He is going to use you to bring that person that you have known for the last 33 years of your life who you said, man, there is no way they are ever going to come to faith. They are going to come to faith. Because it's not about us. It's about what God can do through us. Man, when I look at my life over the last decade, I can tell you I'm a, I'm a different person now than I was 10 years ago. Kids will do that to you, <laughs> but so will pursuing God. Man, there are things that I am so happy I no longer deal with that I used to deal with on a regular basis when I was 23. And now there are things in my life that I struggle with now that I never even thought I was going to struggle with back then. But regardless, I continue to pursue God and recognize that as I continue to pursue him, there's growth there. He will grow me and allow me to do the impossible. All we have to do is make it a priority. You do the possible. He'll do the impossible. So what I want you to do this morning, and, and we're wrapping up now, is I just want you to decide that, that in 2019, growth is going to be a priority. Whatever that growth looks like, and I don't know what it is for you, even as you come next weekend, you decide, you know what? I am going to be open to change. It got real silent in here right now. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Gene. It got real quiet in here right now. So even as you come next week, you'll be like, you know what? I don't know what's coming. Some of you do, but I don't know what's coming. And ultimately, I'm going to be okay with, with what Peter and the staff and the board and the pulpit committee and numerous lay leaders have had conversations about, have prayed over what you have prayed over and decided, you know what? Whatever it is that comes at me next week, I'm going to be open to it because I want to be open to growth in 2019. And beyond that, your own personal spiritual growth, be open to it. Be open to it and recognize that if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're at the end of your rope this holiday season and you cannot do another Christmas party, that's okay. Christmas is like 360 days away. But pursue God spiritually. Pursue your own spiritual growth and make it a priority. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you, uh, for his life. Thank you for him giving us an example uh, for what growth looks like. For him intentionally spending time with you. For him intentionally spending time with other people. People who he could 
be with and reflect with and grow with. God, we're thankful for your son. And Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to turn the page into 2019. God, for a lot of us, it, it, it's difficult even to think that, man, another year and, and I'm no closer to being where I want to be. And so, God, I just pray that, that we would decide as a church that we're going to make this a priority, that we are going to make growth a priority this year. God, I also, I pray for, for where we're going as a church. And God, you know this prayer because I've prayed it hundreds of times. But God, I pray that, that you would continue to go before us, God, that we would recognize that our best days are ahead of us, that we recognize, God, that you are a whole lot bigger than anything that we personally want to do, that we will honor you and we will, we will strive to make your name known in this community more so than it's ever been known before. Father, I pray your name would be on our tongue. So as we come next week, God, I pray that we would have those open hearts. And recognize that, God, it, was, it is about you and it is not about us. God, I pray you would remind us of that regularly. And finally, and as we close all of our services, there are people in here, God, who do not yet know you. And are trying to figure out what is this whole spiritual growth thing that he is talking about. Man, I'm, I'm not even a seed right now. God, I just pray that, that the first step really is just, just we pray the ABCs here is committing our lives to you. And so that, A, that we would admit that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. Recognize that, man, that we are all messed up. We all fall into things that we don't want to fall into. And it's just because of our sin nature. And, God, we know it's not honoring to you, but I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Savior. B, that we would believe that you sent your son to the cross to die on our behalf so, so we can live for you and live with you in eternity. That we would believe that you did that for us. And see that we would choose to follow you every single day. And that's where this whole spiritual growth idea comes into play. Is man, I'm going to choose to follow you, God, over and over and over again. So, Father, we love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys, if you prayed that prayer at the end, there's a little spot on your Connect card. You can mark that you made a decision for Christ today. Our ushers will be happy to take those on your way out. Other than that, see you next year. Bye-bye.